welcome to Coffee Time. If you're watching us, it's good to have you. If you're listening to us on podcasts, we're glad to have you as well. I'm with a buddy of mine that I've known since what, junior high, maybe? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's hard to believe. <laughs> uh, and now we're older. Uh, not that's old, right. but older. That's right. That kind of thing. But um, uh, today we want to talk about fatherhood. You know, and both of us, you know, we, we became fathers. I, I became a father at 21. I think I was 23. Yeah. yeah. So we've been doing this. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, for a while now, you know, and that kind of thing. And we started young. We've learned a lot. And that's what we want to talk about today is just lessons yeah. we've learned in fatherhood. Um, I've got uh, two boys and a girl. You've got two boys. And so I want to primarily talk about boys, but I think all the lessons that we'll probably talk or tips or that kind of thing can apply to, to everybody. Uh, but, you know, when you look back at your fatherhood, what are some things that you look at that you say, I would do that again? Like, I, I, I saw that really connect with my boys, really make a difference in their lives. What first comes to mind when you think about that? Man, I had someone recommend a long time ago to learn your kids' love languages. Yep. And when I learned my kids' love languages and started focusing on those specific things for that kid quality time both of them had quality time so doing experiences we all hear that you know they'll never remember the bike they got or the present they got or the new gun or the basketball that type stuff but they remember that quality time with you and i know you do a lot of sports games right your your boys reese they'll never forget that type stuff and so i would say find out what the love language is and try to focus on that with that kid and pour into whatever that may be continue to do those type things because that will build that love that bond and, like and show them that you love them and they'll feel more loved even if you don't do those type of things you still love them but if it connects with them it's amazing the byproduct they create yeah l- let me dive into that a little yeah. bit did you notice that either one of your boys had different love languages yes yeah, so carter my 17 my year old he had a lot of affirmations in him yeah. uh and so i had to focus on that making sure and i noticed too one of the things for me that i messed up on and, and made tons of mistakes and i learned from the best from the ditches but when i corrected harder with him it was there was a little bit more of a push yeah. right and so you actually talked to me one time and gave me some great advice you said with your kids one of the things you did with a discipline is that you would actually maybe take them to go get ice cream in the process kind of softens that yeah. softens that situation but you're able to impart they're opened up a little bit more to you yeah. that was huge for me man that yeah. that that poured a lot so Carter was affirmations with quality time as a second. Eli was primary quality time. Mm. And I've learned just taking him to go sit in a deer stand or taking him to a basketball game or a football game. Man, to me, to him, that's his time. We can talk. He opens up more. It's just, you know, yeah. it was special to me. Yeah, I love that. And, and if you're not familiar with uh, the love languages, Gary Chapman has a book. Now he's got one for kids, too, of like learning your kids' love languages. Okay. Uh, but it's a marriage book if I had started of like learn your five love languages of quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and oh, one other one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bottom five percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some, yeah. You know what it is. Uh, so that kind of thing. Read the book. <laughs> but, but out of that, learning what that, that may be. And, um, you know, I noticed that for my kids as well, like Reese is very big on quality time, Mm -hmm. not as much on physical touch. Boston is very much on physical touch and words. And Ben is quality time, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way. 
And so learning to love them the way they receive love. And that's kind of the essence of what the five love languages talks about is it's one thing for me to say, I love my kids. That's right. It's another thing for them to feel loved Mm -hmm. by me. That's right. Um, and to make sure that I'm, I'm loving them the way that they like to be loved. I that's like right. it. Uh, so talk to me about, because I know that's one of the things that we've both seen, is not only did we become fathers young, but yep. we started our careers young. That's right. And balancing career as well as, like you said, finding time for kids. That, for me, has been one of my biggest challenges. If I could go back again, I would prioritize it more. If I could look back at things that worked, it was when I prioritized it. Yep. But I believe like me having one-on-one time with my kids, them having time in my presence has course corrected anything in them that needed to be course corrected. And I can look back at different seasons of my kids' lives when they walk through hard times. If I tried to coach them out of it or talk them out of it, but didn't have that quality time investment in them and with them, it didn't work. But when I just got away with them or sat with them or had a good dinner with them or a little trip with them, I saw course correction take place in their life. What's that journey been like for you to try to find that in the middle of a growing career, being young, having a family young? How'd you find that? Man, it's it's tough, right? Because you don't know what you don't know at that when you're young. And you know more as you grow. I had someone say it to me one time. They said, what's your definition of winning? And, you know, this is thinking recently, Jimbo Fisher, right? Yep. Recently got fired from Texas A&M. A lot of people would say, hey, he's sitting with 80 to 90 million watching football from his couch with no one yelling at him every weekend. <laughs> that's winning. To Jimbo Fisher, yeah. that's probably Feels not like winning, yeah. right? And, and so I think you got to look at that from your own life and say, hey, what's winning for me? Mm. And for me, family, you know, it's it, it, if your family's not right, yeah. kind of like with your spiritual life as well, if those things aren't right, man, it starts to feel like everything's falling apart. Yeah. And so I think you have to prioritize that over work, over yes. the different things. Now, Grant, you still have to go do a physical job. You have to put food yes. on the table. You have to do those type things. But, you know, when you come home, maybe shutting the phone off. We have do not disturb now. Which that We didn't have that back in the day. And uh, so things like that where you can silence everything. You yes. can shut it down and make sure you're investing with your kids. Just the simple playing. I mean, when your kids are young, I mean, I remember it was the best thing in the world when you come to the door and daddy, and they're like wobbling, <laughs> running to you, you know, and it's just like whatever happened during the day yeah. was shut down. Yeah. It was it was amazing. And so, you know, those type things, taking that moment, it's not, hey, I'm on the phone, you know, getting off the phone before you come in the door, right? Yeah. Shutting the phone down when you get home, spending time with them, going throwing the football, the basketball, whatever the case may be, watching a silly cartoon with them, whatever they may really enjoy, doing those type things making sure you prioritize that and understanding what winning is for your family. Yes. And if you can do that, I think everything, you know, will kind of fall fall together. So yeah. that that was for me one of the things just make sure when you're home, you're home. When you're at work, you're at work. And yeah. and so it was kind of one of those things. You know, I heard somebody say this the other day and I thought it was so good because I've seen it in my life as well as in the, the lives of the people that I talk to and pastor and that kind of thing, but the statement, you're only as rich as your meaningful relationships. Great. And like, I, I think about that, like when I was younger and, you know, you, you have an idea of what success yeah. looks like. And a lot of that is a, a lot of status or a lot of, you know, the home I live in or the car I drive or the clothes I wear. But I've, I saw people, you know, now later in life who, who may have those things. 
but they don't have the meaningful relationships. No one to enjoy them with. And you're poor. Like, I mean, there's no quality of life that is there. And to your point, I think, even if I have to sacrifice some of those things that the world would deem a status, if I have meaningful relationships, you feel rich. You enjoy life more and to prioritize relationships over work. And like you said, it's not that it's work's not important. It's just relationships come first, and having these things carry meaning and carry value, and prioritizing it that way. Hundred um, percent. What about in your life? Have you ever noticed like a child walking through a hard season? Mm. What'd you do to get them out of it? Like, wh- what did you do to to kind of turn the, the the tide in their life? Man, I kind of got two thoughts on that one. Because um, there's two sides of that coin. There's the one being there for the kid, and if it's a tough time. Maybe something they created themselves, you know, self-induced storm or whatever the case yep. may be. Not beating yourself up from a parent side, too, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I, I've no. dealt with that. And, uh, you know, I had someone tell me earlier this year on something, uh, he said, you know, look at our Heavenly Father, right? Perfect, right? Put Adam and Eve in the garden and a perfect environment. Yes. No stress. Yes. Not worried about clothes, not worried about finances, not worried about what to eat. Pretty easy day. Yeah. And they had one rule. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't eat from this tree. And they still yes. butchered it, you know? And and so and that he was a perfect heavenly father. Did everything, yes. you know? And so kids are going to make mistakes. Yes. And so for me, that was a real blessing to me. I think sometimes as parents we 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 say we want progress, but really deep down we want perfection, and we really got to get that's away good. from that. That's and good, and it's uh, for me that's something from a parenting standpoint mm-hmm. I've really had to develop and learn this year, and still working on it. Um, for the kids in those tough seasons, they can come in so many different forms, right? Maybe it's the friends at school, or not having friends, or having the wrong friends, or not making the team, or you know pride from being the star of the team. It, it can come in all different. Being there, and if you can find, to me, if I can find, when I correct or when I try to adjust and it's direct, I found it kind of pulls back a little bit for me or for my kids. But if I can find a story that relates to someone who's kind of going through the same thing as them and how they overcame or how they adjust or how they didn't adjust, it was was tough for them, right? If I can find those type things, that's one of the things I've found that can really help from a talking to them standpoint and really going through that. Also, spending time with them. You know, if they're in a situation where they feel like they don't have any friends, show them they're loved. Yes. You know, and, and, and that's where I think plugging into a church and having good groups and the, and the life groups and different things like that, you can have good quality people and maybe with kids or adults and yes. have families where they get together. I mean, I've been so blessed by our relationship and our kids' relationships and, and other families that we hang out with as well. We get these groups where the kids all know and love each other, that type of stuff too. It, it, whatever the situation may be, you have to tweak a little bit for it. But uh, that's, that's what I've learned yeah. from the situation. I like it. And, and I think you said something there too that is very key. And I know so many parents struggle with this. When our kids are smaller, we find so much of our identity based off of our kids' mm-hmm. achievements, which is so dumb. But like a lot of natural things, like how fast they they learn to walk, how fast they learn to talk, uh, how fast they learn to potty, like all those things. And it's like I see, oh, I no. can remember in that season of like, oh, yes, yeah, she's talking. Like yeah. you did something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, great job there. Yeah. Oh, mom, oh, dad. Like, like 
kind of thing. It's like they all learn that. <laughs> so, but and then you have multiple kids, and you see like some kids just catch things faster, like some learn to walk fast. But if we find, and, and my point is, we find shame or we find uh, pride or those type in those things, and just learning to just enjoy the kids. Amen. Like you said, it's it's enjoy this journey that they're right. on and know that it is a journey. It's not a destination. You told me something. I think, I believe it was you. told me this a few weeks ago. Someone did. I thought I'm giving, I'm giving you credit. Hey, I'll uh, take it. But they said you get 90% of your time with your kid that you'll ever spend with your kids between the ages of 0 and 18. Yes. And 10% after that. Yes. And to your point... You have to enjoy that time. Yes. I mean, it, it was it was a little saddening to hear, you know, <laughs> having a seventeen year old. Yes. It's just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yes. And uh, but but uh, but yeah, that's spending that time with them and just enjoying it, not seeking perfection. It's, yes. You well, nailed it. And and then like as they grow, and like now it's the flip side of that. Of, you know, I have teenagers, and you see. You know, and there's truth in like what Solomon said that a, a wise son is a crown to his father mm-hmm. and mother, and like they, there's truth in that of like right. when our kids are acting well and doing things, it, it is a crown it's to a us. Blessing. Like right. it's a blessing to us in our lives. But at the same time, like you you said, of uh, God is perfect, had a family. We rebel, <laughs> we have sin, we make mistakes, <laughs> one third of his angels left, <laughs> like all of these kinds of things. The story of the prodigal son, this That's amazing right. father, both, right. uh, you know, sons kind of walking in seasons where they weren't connecting with him, but yet not finding our identity in that, but knowing that like, okay, even um, if, if my kids are going through something, it doesn't mean I'm doing a bad job. Right. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I have to walk around with shame or that type of thing, but I can take stock of the moment. And then your your next point, I think, is so key. So much bad behavior is just a, a cry of help saying, mm-hmm. I want you in my life. Yep. Because I know in my life of when I am with my heavenly father and I'm genuinely with him. Yep. I begin to change. Oh, yeah. I begin to soften. I begin to, to, to have his voice in my life. And so much of my kids, like when I see them walking through those hard times, I see it as not a cry for my correction, but a cry for my presence. Mm. And if I can come in their life and have my presence there, correction, instruction, and those things will kind of come. Um, And um, so anyway, I I love those points that you made. what would you say in looking at teenagers? Because mm-hmm. I know we're kind of both in that season of yeah. life. We're yeah. not completely out of that stage. No. <laughs> but parenting does change a lot. You mentioned to me um, at like, um, I think it was about a year ago out at, at the farm. But like the difference between a cop and coach mm-hmm. uh, and that yep. type of thing of how like when they're younger, there's That's a right. lot of policing. That's right. Like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 Okay, like you're you're going to school, I'm not there. That's right. You're you're driving, I'm not in the car. You're at work, I'm not your boss. Yep. Um you're you're dating, you know, I'm well with Reese, I'll always be there, but with <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. Uh, in spirit <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the Holy Spirit's watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, you're you're yeah. not there, so you're you're giving them the That's place right. to run. That's right. Um, you know, and you're you're giving them wisdom to kind of go with, but you're not there to kind of That's police. Right. And if you do try to police, it'll breed rebellion. That's right. And so with teenagers, you're kind of counting on the seed that you sowed when they're younger, that now it's beginning to reap a harvest, but there's going to be mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're going to call the play and they're going to run it wrong. That's right. And sometimes you're not going the right way and it didn't work. That's right. Um, You know, that kind of thing. But but kind of talk of like what you've seen with that with teenagers of of like letting them learn through experience without doing the policing, but doing more coaching. Yeah. It's, you know, to me when they kind of hit that, I don't know, and it's different for every kid, so it's not a specific certain age you have to start doing this, but kind of a year before my oldest car started driving is when I really, it kind of started to hit me, right? It's kind of like, hey, I'm not going to be there in a year when he's behind the wheel, Yes. and I have to start pulling back those reins and letting him make some decisions. He's not going to make everyone, and he's going to get a speeding ticket probably, and he's going to have a fender, or whatever the case may be. I talked to your dad about uh, uh, your, your speeding <laughs> Not so, I like that example <laughs> yeah. you used in your son's That's right. That's right. Yeah, I messed up. And I, I'm glad they don't let us. Yeah. It's in the blood. Yeah, it's in, under the blood in the past. <laughs> but, like, yeah. that's they're, a reality. Yeah. They're going to miss it. And yes. you've got to learn to coach. And if you can have that relationship, yes. you can coach. If you don't have a relationship because you're constantly butting heads because you're you're too too tough, yes, you won't have that coach ability. If you got a coach who's always yelling at you of every little yeah. thing in high school, you're like that guy's a jerk, yes, you know. But if your coach's like, hey, try it like this, do this different, that didn't work because of this, you're receptive, yes. And so you have to learn to do that. And for me, with with the it's at that age with the coaching, you have to really. The world tries to gray everything. Yeah. Right? I mean, they try to get you. Of course, you said it in a message a few weeks ago. The plane leaving, I think, from Los Angeles to New York, one degree off, landed in Boston or somewhere else, right? Completely real fall apart. We have to make sure as parents we're coaching them on right from wrong. This is it. Because the world be like, oh, it's okay if you you copy the homework as long as you don't cheat on the test. Right. Or it's okay if you do that as long as you don't, you know. And so you have to make sure those right and wrongs are established and because the world will try to gray everything. And as the coach there, you're trying to show them that along the way and not harping on every little thing. And it's tough, man, especially when, when you're used to, for me, I'm used to perfection with work. I want things done the way I want them done. And then come home and be like, hmm. you know, you're kind of holding your tongue, trying not to, you know, it's like, why did you, you didn't even halfway make your bed. Yes. Yeah, it's done. No, it's not. You know, it's uh, you got to pull that back to, yes. to have that coaching spirit. And the biggest thing for me is just, a good coach versus a bad coach. What's the difference? You know, mm. I think both of them want to see the same product, but they handle it different ways. Mm. And so to me, it's trying to be that coach who's got the relationship and can still coach the same thing, but they'll actually listen because they're not just bearing down on them. I like that. Like the difference between coaching and commanding. Mm-hmm. Of, it was of, good. Like I, my kids, they're on the field. They're the one running the plays. They're having to figure out how to study. They're having to figure out work ethic. They're having to figure out you know, how not to speed or how fast you can speed without getting the That's ticket. Right. Or, That's you know, right. all of these important That's life right. lessons. But it's so, so many times I've seen in my own life of I want to come in and command and control. Yep. 
And to resist that urge of coming in like, I said 10, and like constantly just issuing command That's right. without um, relationship. And I think yep. relationship is what makes command coaching. Mm-hmm. Like if, it's, if the relationship is not there, all they hear is the command, it breeds resentment, and it will breed rebellion mm. um, and a hardness of heart. And it's like it, you can imagine if, if in my context – of if I came to you and I was just shouting at you all the time, like, Ron, make your bed. Like, Ron, what are you doing? Like all that kind of thing. Would that not not provoke (laughs) wrath? Yeah, that's right. And like, we know the Bible commands us as, as children to honor our father and mother, but it commands us as parents to not provoke our children to wrath. That's right. And I can think of very few things that provoke me to wrath faster than someone constantly commanding me. How does the Lord correct us, right? Yes. I mean, he's not coming down yelling at us. It's yes. usually that just soft, still, still small voice. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Yes. Maybe you need to stop this. Yes. You know, it's and that's how he corrects us. Yes. I mean, and I mean, it's just follow his example. Yeah, you know, and I can remember uh, a coach that I had in one season of life, and because somebody says, "Well, where is consequence with all this?" Of like when you come in and you have somebody that coaches you like that, and then shows you, okay, here's the consequence. Mm-hmm. And they give me the consequence without the attitude. Yeah. I love them for it. Mm-hmm. And I can remember having a coach saying, "Like I told you, if you did that, you're not going to start. Oh yeah. I want you to start. I believe in your talent. You can add a lot to this team. But if you don't work hard in these areas, this is the consequence right. of that. It's the byproduct. Of and it. you get to the bench, you feel that anger, and you feel it. But you're not angry at them. You're 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 angry at the situation. You feel the need to change. Yep. And I think it's it's never withholding consequence. Like in our children's life, we have to teach them there are consequences for boundaries that are crossed and that type of thing. But That's it's right. the whole time, it's not commanding them uh, about That's those right. boundaries. It's coaching them that this is a life boundary. Yep. And when you cross it, there's consequence. Right now, I'm the one bringing the consequence That's in right. your life. But you would rather learn it from me than life. That's I right. promise you, that's I'm a right. lot nicer than life no, is. No, that's right. <laughs> and I'd add to that too. You know, one thing that I even saw myself just recently, the past few months, is that, you know, sometimes when I'm correcting at that time of the, the issue, I don't handle it as well as I do 24 hours later. Yes. And so I'm trying to pull back on like, hey, we're going to talk about this, but until then, here's yes. the consequence, but we'll talk about this more in, in a certain amount because you can go too extreme. Yes. And But if you have a little time to sleep on it, let some peace, yes. let the emotions die down. It's amazing. Yes. And then it's received better by the kid too. So if you're, if you're anything like me, it, uh, you know, take a minute, let it, yes. <laughs> let everything simmer and then go correct the action as I like well. It. I like it. Well, man, I, I, I love what you're doing in, in life and with your fatherhood. And, um, it's a joy to be able to have buddies who, man. who love their families and we're not perfect, but we want to come in and, and be good fathers and show up. And so I'm thankful for the, the legacy that you're leaving. I was just talking to the film crew before this of like, we can't pick our heritage and that's the generations that came before us. Mm-hmm. I can't pick that. Like I was born into it, but I can pick my legacy, um, of what I'm leaving. Yeah. as a heritage That's for the good. next generation and to walk with That's men good. who are intentional about the legacy that we're leaving is just a joy mm. uh, so thank you man love and you, uh, look thank forward you. to the next time of getting together that's awesome thanks, thanks brother see y'all you next time